This episode sponsored by Bluehost Hosting, where $4.95 a month gets you unlimited space transfer and domains. Visit moviebeatdown.com slash Bluehost today. Also with support from Namecheap. Need a domain name with a no-nonsense process? Use who we use. Visit moviebeatdown.com slash Namecheap and make your mark on the web. What are you looking at, butthead? Hey, welcome to Movie Beatdown, where we're rediscovering movies with Blake Snyder's book, Save the Cat. This is episode two, brought to you the week of August 21st, 2014. I'm your host, my name is James Kinnison, and with me is John Steinklobber. 1.21 gigawatts! <laughs> Paulie Godbout. Hey, can you keep it down? I'm trying to finish watching this movie. <laughs> and Christian Sudreth. I didn't think of anything clever. <laughs> you didn't know that was going to be on the test, huh? I didn't no either. tell the truth like I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to admit, I was watching it at the last minute today, and um, I'm I'm very upset with myself because this turned out to be a lot more difficult than I ever thought it could ever be. I don't oh, know, yeah. I don't know why, but we'll mm. get into that in a minute. Today, we're going to be talking about and beating out the beats for Back to the Future. Uh, that's the 1995. Uh, version, not the version that uh, was re-released with animated updates and stuff like. Oh wait, that that was last week. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was starting to wonder. What wouldn't, wouldn't that suck if Robert Zemeckis just was like, oh man, you know, I just couldn't do everything I wanted to do. I I can honestly <laughs> say I think he did everything that he could have possibly wanted to do with this movie. It was very well done. I think it holds up. It's good. And the IMDb description. Because like this, a young man is accidentally sent 30 years into the past. By the way, spoiler warning, okay? Because it's been <laughs> 30 years since the movie came out. Uh, 30 years in the past in a time-traveling DeLorean invented by his friend, Mr. I mean, sorry, Doctor. Doctor, don't want to mess that up. Emmett Brown. And must, and must make sure high school-age parents unite in order to save his own existence. Uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis. Written by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale. And... Um, the internet is lousy with versions of uh, the screenplay. I don't know if yeah. you if you looked up any of that stuff. I it was one of the first screenplays I ever saw, uh, way way you know years ago, and uh, man, it went through so many changes. And uh, like the, like version four started with uh, with him in the classroom, uh, uh, just sitting there sleeping behind a pair of shades. Really, uh, watching videos about the fifties and uh, some bombs going off and stuff like that. But that sounds uh, like my childhood. <laughs> the main actors, of course, Michael J. Fox is Marty McFly, Christopher Lloyd, uh, Leah Thompson is Lorraine <laughs> Bates. <laughs> click on Sorry. her, click on her now. I don't think no. you do that. <laughs> Crispin Glover <laughs> as Ro- as George McFly. <laughs> that guy's awesome. Thomas Wilson is Biff Tannen. Um, which is funny because I love him in this. I love him most in the third one because he is absolutely unrecognizable as his great grandfather. It's amazing. Uh, mm. And then Claudia Wells is Jennifer Parker. You want to speak about somebody that hasn't aged well? Um, she didn't make <laughs> Actually, it past the first movie either, for that matter. So you must have saw that coming. <laughs> they had a time machine after all. I don't know who was the one that replaced her. Who Elizabeth Shue? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. 
And she went on to make some pretty good movies. Yeah. So um, let's start with the genre, guys, before we jump into the beat or the beats. Um, I I could not decide. Okay. Uh, and I'll tell you what I didn't choose, first of all. First one is I did not choose Out of the Bottle. I almost wanted to because there was a there was a gimmick that was almost magical if you count if you took out the sci you know science mm-hmm. side of it, um, but if you're counting big as an out of the bottle, that, that's the closest thing to a machine making a difference in someone's life, you know. But it's still magic, and there is no there is no magic. It's all hard, you know, quote unquote science. So I jump back onto Golden Fleece. So tell yeah, me, me tell me why I'm wrong. I, I actually agree with you because right. that is quoted by Mr. Snyder as the catch-all genre. So, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty wide that one. Yeah, it's yeah. golden, man. If you need something and you got to get it, and you're going for it through the whole movie, Golden Fleece every time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. If you don't watch the movie Golden Fleece, by all means, <laughs> uh, Polly out there. Let's is talk. Polly a- still there in the room? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Yeah, he's sitting right next to you, man. We're all we're all one big fam- all in one family. I had my eyes closed. So the the, the main character, obviously, Marty McFly, played by Michael W. Smith. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've always said that Michael W. Smith <laughs> instead of Michael J. Fox. I've always confused the two. Just like That's McDonald's awesome. and Disney World. I, I always <laughs> I say those interchangeably. I do. I'm like, we're going to Disney World. And my, oh, I bet and your my, kids love so that. My wife. <laughs> Yeah, my wife knows, but the kids they get very upset. But uh, Marty McFly, um, he is the protagonist, the main character. Uh, what would you guys say his flaw is? I have my own theories. He's a slacker. Slacker. <laughs> I got put that he's a nobody. Problems his with whole- authority. Yeah, problems with authority. Um, I one of the first things I put, I did put slacker. I, I also added, he's like his old man, too much like his old man. Because that was kind of a sub theme, but I I ended up realizing between between all of the things his band problems, his uh, the being like his old man and what his old man has a problem with, um, and and you know all this stuff is self I put self confidence is uh, was his ultimate flaw, but. Yeah, I, I think that too. One of the things that I thought was a flaw that I thought was really, really awesome that they stuck in there was he has no concept of time. So he's oh, running yeah. late. He's in late. The beginning. He's gets. <laughs> he, uh, he's that's his fourth tardy. And then even and maybe I'm just nitpicking at this point, but even uh, his guitar playing uh, for the audition, he's he's, <sighs> he's playing out of time one. and you know all this kind of stuff. Well, so, and he was yeah. the last one to get there too. He was the last yeah. one to get on stage. Um, I I like that he even told Jennifer. You know, she's like, it's four tardies. You'll get, and he says, but he says, this one's not my fault or something like that. It's not my fault this time. So all the yeah. other ones were, but uh, yeah. So, so you could blame the, mm. uh, the clock experiment. I don't know what kind of clock experiment <laughs> uh, results in all your clocks going off clocks that don't have chimes even. Uh, yeah. <laughs> most of the clocks in there did not have. Exactly. Five minutes. Yeah. They I had like 40 15. clocks. What was awesome is I paused. During the opening uh, scene there, where they were scanning around, and the, he opens the, the thing, opens the jar, and dumps out the nasty dog food, cow can, which probably doesn't even exist anymore. It was probably made out of, you know, sheep hearts or something. And and uh, 
it dumps the can there. I paused it and I counted mm. cans and uh, I counted eight. And uh, and later we hear he's been gone for a week. So I guess you, I guess I'm, I was either off one or they, they were, I don't know. But that was interesting to, wow. to nobody else but me. Okay. That's yeah. Pretty, apparently. <laughs> Kiss it. Uh, That's pretty cool actually. So our antagonist, our main antagonist, this was tough for me because the situation was such a, a un, you know, is such an antagonist in and of itself. Just the fact that he, he, you know, we have the fact that he's not in his own timeline. We've got his, his, uh, the, the, the Libyans coming in, you know, shooting people and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, then we got obviously Biff, but, uh, so I would name Biff as our main antagonist, especially fulfilling that role. Yeah, I think the other big antagonist uh, was also time because they're always right. yeah. So yeah, yes. that's what I was trying to say. I guess except oh, yeah. except I didn't say it smart like you. I've got time. Yeah. Wow. Well, and b- what's the flaw of time? That it's constant. It's yeah. It it's, only well, it's supposed to be only moving in one direction, but they they uh, they play fast and loose with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did. Um. Biff, uh, as far as because uh, time's you know flaw is obvious. It always moves. It's always uh, you know catching up to him. Uh, Biff's flaw, I, I put uh, he messes up idioms you know, quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty funny flaw. It's not I his main flaw, like that. but it's a good one. Yeah, I the big fancy in- word for that is a malapropism. Ooh, ooh, that's yeah. why we have you on the show, right there. Yeah. Oh, and that's why I, my wife never has to worry about me cheating on her because I use language like that. But anyway. Because <laughs> you malapropisition people. That's what it is. <laughs> you malapropizer. So, uh, so uh, his, main, his main problem, obviously, is he just, he's just a flat-out bully. He uses his size to intimidate you know, people. Um, but I also want to mention Billy Zane. Just because he was in this movie as yes, a background guy. Insane. <laughs> He's wearing the 3D glasses, Just, right? No, no. He was the bald one. He, his name yeah. was Match. And he outshined all the other people in that in that level. You know, all these background characters. The, you know, the guy hawking sodas. If you want a Pepsi, you got to pay for it. You know, Goldie Wilson. All these background characters. Billy Zane's there the whole time. Just saying, hi, I'm going to be in everything soon. Yeah. As soon as my hair grows back in, I have no idea who that is. Oh well, he has great eyebrows. That's all I can say. All right, he hold on. I got Lander. I'm adding some more movies to our list that are specifically <laughs> starring Billy Zane. So we're going to start with Zane. the, was the it, Phantom. Wasn't he an AI? <laughs> no, that was, I don't remember. Uh, the British guy. Oh, I don't Who remember either. I've I've just, I've finally gotten that movie stricken from the record in my brain. Oh, that means we're going to do that one later. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Gosh, the never-ending like story part seven is what they should call that. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's go through the beats. Unless anybody has something else to uh, say in the open end, open end here. Well, uh, last time we made the mistake of not talking about the save the cat moments. Yeah, so we we're going to do, do it right opinion? after the opening image. All right. All right. So, opening image. What was it? The is, clocks. Yeah. Which I thought was great because number one, it shows us that this movie is going to be all about time. And then uh, you, you mentioned that you paused the movie just to count the cans, which for the life of me, I don't know why you did that. But uh, kudos to you. <laughs> My mom raised <laughs> but, dogs. I don't know. <laughs> just okay, the there you go. 
But one of the things I thought was cool was uh, some of the different <laughs> clocks had things uh, that are going to be seen throughout the movie. So there's on one of the clocks, there's a hobo. So at the end, there's a hobo uh, lying on the on the park bench. There's also a clock that there's a guy hanging, hanging. from one of the arms. Yeah. So the, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of cool stuff like that. So it it kind of sets it up for the the mirror image. Uh, in the finale and all that kind of stuff. So I thought that was pretty cool the way they worked all that in. And then also um, the inventions or actually before we move on to anything else, any, does anybody else have anything that they noticed about the clocks? No, um, you, I, I noticed after them. the guy hanging from the thing. That yeah. was all for me. I noticed oh, okay. there were three of them looking back and forth. And I tried to think, is that talking about Leia and Luke? Like, or <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Well, right after the clocks, though, it, it pans down to the movie camera, you know, the portable television studio, as it's called. Yep. Then we yeah. get to see that he, there's a dog in the in the picture somewhere. Oh, we see that, that there is a, a house. You know, this man used to be rich. There was a house that was burned down. We see these famous uh, scientists and, well, Ben Franklin, I guess he was an inventor. All these inventors, I should say. Yeah. And um, so you get a really good uh, view, idea of who the characters are without even seeing them. And I want to say that that goes all the way through to the Save the Cat moment because we don't even see uh, the main character's face until after he's been blown back. He sits up out of the, the rubble, mm-hmm. and takes off his shades and says his first line, oh, rock and roll, you know. Which, which I would say is the save the cat moment. It's his cuteness and the eighties rock and roll statement. So, <laughs> rock and so roll. I think that's interesting. We don't meet, we know all this stuff about all these guys and we don't even see them until then. But anyway, go yeah. ahead. Well, I thought another cool thing was uh, the way that they brought in, you've already mentioned the can opener, but there's a few different inventions like the coffee maker and, you know, and all Mm. that too. Um, But the cool thing is there are inventions that aren't working quite properly. So that lets Ah. us know that, oh, throughout this movie, there's going to be some cool inventions, but things aren't going to go according to plan. So yeah, there should Mm. be a sensor on that bowl. You know, if it's not empty, you know, the cow can's not coming forth. Yeah, I also thought it was really cool that uh, the way that they established the time where the radio kicks on, mm-hmm. and it and and it's uh, it says something about uh, you know come on down to whatever Toyota where all 1985 cars are discounted and or something like that. But I, I thought that was a really well, uh, the clever t- way. And of the TV that in turns on, and we get the plutonium backstory. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and then see the, the, oh, go ahead, John. The, the box underneath the bed of the yeah. plutonium box. So yeah. that's important. Yeah, the foreshadowing. Yeah, he remembers his dog. Um, Einstein forgets forgets the plutonium. So I, maybe he was delivering the shiny casing with the uh, pinball machine parts inside. <laughs> I just have a feeling there's a there's a movie to be made called Docs Twenty Four, and it's just about him in that situation with the terrorists, <laughs> and it ends with him being killed. Jeez, deep, My deep, deep. You know. And a lot of a lot of uh, pulling over and, and using a payphone <laughs> <laughs> with a beeper, <laughs> logging on to AOL. Actually, that wouldn't. No, happen. no, that went until I was in college. Oh, yeah, never mind. But uh, everybody, uh, save the cat moment. Uh, I would say, obviously, is or not obviously for me. And this is the the only thing I can be sure of 
for me is is that him sitting up and getting to see the cute guy with the shades after the rock and roll statement. Anybody see it anywhere else? The Save the Cat for uh, for our main protagonist. I just have it listed as how cool he he is. I assume you know that was 1995, so I assumed he looked cool for back then. So. Eighty. 85 oh my goodness 1985 sorry i knew that yeah, yeah uh, just how cool he was that's what i had i was like oh he comes in on a skateboard oh yeah i don't know yeah so he's he's a cool he's a cool guy those were the epitome of the cool kind of skateboards to have as well that's he right. had a jean jacket on which was absolutely the height of fashion for men or young men and women and uh had had a stinking walkman which is also a huge status symbol Right, and he had the aviator shades or or whatever, and uh, with the mirrored shades, those were huge. And uh, he has a giant amplifier and a tiny guitar. I just remember that was the thing that every <laughs> every kid talked about. He had a giant amp and a tiny guitar. It was just so amazing. Can I just say real quick that, that I'm changed. I'm really offended by all this because I still wear those same sunglasses. I still wear <laughs> jean jackets. I don't even want to talk about guitars, but I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm starting to get kind of offended by you guys. Are you upset because we, we were talking about tiny guitars? <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> you have a tiny guitar too? I don't want, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> the opening, opening image was, was genius and a lot better than yeah. Revision 4 where he's asleep in, in class. It just... It, I remember reading through that, and I'm going, man, they really punched this up. They just really, really took it and made it yeah. something awesome. Um, theme stated. Uh, well, can I stop you real quick? Because oh, I thought I sure. feel like the the opening image is it extends a little bit beyond uh, just just there in Doc's house or garage or whatever that's supposed to be. Um, even even with uh, one big thing that I thought was when you see Marty leave and try and get to school he doesn't have his own car he uh he's he's actually like hitching a ride on the back of other people's cars right and so there there's part of it as far as you know using other him being a little bit of a slacker and and him uh you know also doing kind of cool stuff like christian was talking about uh with his save the cat moment um but then also just kind of you know utilizing other people's resources to get what he wants kind of thing mm-hmm. um but then uh when they get to the school the school is like just caked with graffiti uh and all that kind of stuff and uh and then you know throughout that ride there's a lot of different things like the pictures of Goldie and uh, when he goes past what would later or what how do we how are we going to talk about this well what we'll talk about it when we get to the setup because that's exactly what you're talking about is the setup setups page one through ten theme stated is page five so you're absolutely right it's just all that all of that is an extension of the opening image all right <laughs> sorry mm-hmm. it I'm was sorry. really you're, it's really you're good helping stuff. me be better <laughs> Well, you're going to help yeah, me later because half of my notes are just blank later on because I really – I just got lost. I watched this thing like four times in one day. But um, anyway, theme stated happens during the setup. It's page five in a screenplay, typically according to the Save the Cat thing. It's what your story's about or it's either the truth or it's a theme that is proven or disproven. And, um, you know, Christian, let's hear what you thought. Uh, for the theme stated, I, I'm I'm so worried. I'm like James. I'm so worried that I'm wrong here. But I've got it as his conversation with the principal after he gets caught, and specifically the quote where he says, uh, "No McFly ever amounted yep. to anything in this town." Ding, and then ding. he says, 
Well, history is going to change. And at that t- moment, I shouted, indeed, indeed, it will McFly. <laughs> Little do you know. Yeah, I, it, the, the theme is usually stated to the protagonist by somebody else. And, and, and though I was really leaning hard on that, history is going to change. That was his response to the theme. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think the theme was no McFly ever amounted to anything. Matter of fact, you could say that's a theme of the whole dang series when it comes down to it or, or, you know, because they went history, both directions, you know what I'm saying? Especially in the third one, Hmm. which is my least favorite. I like the one that, but I, I have a little bit of a different take. Um, it's to me the, and, and I don't really have a quote that goes with it, but the theme kind of for me is, um, is kind of taking risks and and kind of standing up for yourself mm-hmm. and, and you know those around you. So, but yeah, I don't have indeed. quotes to to match up <laughs> right. with that. And and you're and you're right. It, it, it is a lot of those things. It's a lot of those things. Uh, theme stated though is usually a a sentence, a a some sort of thing said to the main character that challenges him. And uh, and so you know, uh, Paul, I hadn't heard from you. Yeah, I well, I said indeed to oh. agree with John okay. um, because I, I feel like that's right. Um, so Jennifer says to to Marty, what does Doc Brown always say? If you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. Right. And right after that, mm. his response is – or they start talking about um, – uh, she says, oh, you need to give – you know, your band is really good. You need to give them your tape or you need to give the record labels your tape. And he says – you know, I can't do that. What if they say, get out of here, kid, you've got no future, which I thought that was cool that they stuck the word future in there. Um, <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he fears that rejection. So to me, it, the theme stated is if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. And kind of the subtext of that, which there's a, several spots where um, where I'm at least going to talk about this, uh, where there it, it's it's you can put your mind or if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything if you're not afraid to take risks. So I'm adding a little bit to that, but, um, yeah, so I would say I, I, I actually wrote down initially, um, what you guys said, no McFly ever amounted to anything in the history of Hill Valley. Um, and I do agree that that kind of sets the tone for the whole series. And I think that that is part of it, but if I had to choose an actual theme, that's a lot more universal. What John brought up is to me is more universal than simply, you know, no McFly ever amounted to anything, but I I'll, guess now I'll that buy I'm it. I'll this. buy it, and I'll tell you why. Because I was telling my wife, it's said three different times. It's repeated. Uh, Doc says it obviously through Jennifer to Marty. Um, Marty ends up saying it to his dad, and then at the end, his dad repeats it to him. So it yeah. goes all over the place. And just based on that, and the fact that you added to it, um, and the fact that I I think his main flaw is uh, lack of self confidence. If you put your mind to it, you could do anything. And then what did you add to it? If you, if you're willing to take risks, if you, if you have confidence to take risk, I, I would, I would agree. I, I will change mine. Indeed. I will okay. learn. Yeah, I, I can see that too. Indeed. I can. <laughs> indeed. I, would, I would just gonna say indeed a lot now. Yeah. I, I think, I think that's going to be the theme of this show. Could yeah. we say oh, though, that the theme perfect. of the uh, trilogy ended up being, that no McFly ever mounted anything in the history of Hill Valley. Let me watch the other two and I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> I don't know. I th- <laughs> I, no, I, th- I think you're onto something there. So I'm sure each one has its own. It's it, it, you know, like, like all trilogies or all multi-part movies all have their own within themselves. And then there's the fact that they're a beginning, a middle and an end. 
of a major story. Um, so set up. Uh, let's get into what John or uh, Paul Polly was wanting to talk about. This is expanding on the before image, and and it's telling a lot of stuff. Yeah, he. I wrote down to sum it all up. He lives in a road. He run, lives in a rundown city with a rundown loser family. You know, no love in the marriage, and. I wrote down tons of pipe being laid here. Absolutely tons. Matter of fact, first half of this movie, uh, everything has to be explained the way time travel works, the way to getting home works, uh, the way we met each other, uh, the situations surrounding everything. I mean, it's tons of setup, tons and tons and tons of setup. And it was, it was done very well. I enjoyed every single bit of it. I want to know how time travel works. I want him to turn on the flux capacitor. I want him to program in three different dates, you know, the birth of Christ on the December 25th. I love that. My favorite. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about, what about you, uh, Paul? Let's, let's pick you up back up with the setup. Uh, so, I mean, there's to sum up kind of what you were talking about uh, at home. It was, I think in general, he's got a misconception of his, of his parents upbringing and who they were when they were younger because of who they are now. Um, there's there, uh, we see that the clock tower is that once upon a time it was hit by lightning. And like you said, they, they lay pipe, but they do it in a very creative way. Um, trying to, trying to kind of look and see all the mirror images from the beginning to the end. I felt like, uh, you know, things like with Marty talking about, you know, what if I never play in front of anybody and that's going to come into play later. Those are the Uh, six things that need fixing. Uh, That's exactly, you're exactly right. Okay. Uh, so uh, w- let's name them though. Let's go through them. One of them is, is the band thing, uh, which I think speaks to self-confidence again. What else? What else do we have? Six things that need fixing. He doesn't have a car. Yeah. The car thing gets fixed at the end. I have that he has to hide his girlfriend from his parents or, yeah. or, or from, his mom, from his mom, from his mom. That's right. And she specifically lets it be known that she's cool with it by the end. And I, I was telling my wife, I was like, eighties, you know, morality, teen morality for the win. You know, <laughs> you can go out Indeed. and spend the night. I can be a major plot point as you get to spend the night with your girlfriend in the dark. You know? So I feel like the movie did take a lot of liberty in like, in like making everything a mirror image, like even to the point of like a ridiculousness, like a good parent would never let their kid do that. But because in the beginning she didn't, now she like has to, you know? Yeah. That, that's, that's the opening and closing images for you. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That really goes super prevalent in this movie, how, how much everything is um, a mirror. I'd say the bully, bullying of the father, uh, mm-hmm. followed by the father's you know, lack of confidence and being nerdy versus being hip. It always, yeah. even when I was young, it troubled me that they were still in the same house. Granted, I know the neighborhood <laughs> is supposed to have stepped up a notch, but if you're publishing books and, and you all, all of your super awesome you know, kids are still living at home, wouldn't you, wouldn't you have bought them? <laughs> A different house, but I understand. I understand. Yeah, I thought it was cool because at one point George actually says, "I'm afraid I'm just not very good at confrontation." Like when they're yes. in the house, yep. and so I thought that was that oh, was perfect. And mom, right after she throws down that cake, and oh, you're it's your brother, and she says it with this bitter look on her face, right, looking at her husband. We all make mistakes in life, children. And I was like, yeah. "Ooh, that stings." <laughs> yeah, because that's why she's drinking. Oh, speaking of which, alcoholic mom. Things that need oh, to be fixed. <laughs> Get <Yeah>. that fixed. <laughs> oh, uh, Biff, Biff and his dad, of course. Yeah, the bully thing. That, yeah, I, I kind of put Strickland slash bully okay. kind of all in the same boat because uh, the Strickland thing doesn't get fixed, but it's it's kind of a bully. So there's a lot of bullying going on 
And I want to say this too, it's it's not story related, but I am guilty of always thinking that Doc Brown was really that old. Like he has never aged in my world. <laughs> he hasn't. <laughs> because he the the ageism or whatever they did to him, because they did wrinkle his neck and you know his eyes and stuff like that. He looked really good. I mean, really good. Biff did not look good. Mom yeah. did not look good. Dad did not look good. They, they they had jowls that were different colors than their chins, you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> they look like puppy dogs. But uh, but he looked amazing to the point mm-hmm. that in the second movie, when he peels off his face, I never get the joke because he looks exactly the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was he was a lot younger. I really noticed it in this one, you know, uh, that he was really young. Uh, Versus where he is now, especially. Yeah. It, it, excuse my, my lack of knowledge here, but so in the movie, I'm being totally serious. He was younger and they made him look older yes. to be in the present. I, I never realized back. that. Uh, you so know, just really seeing it young, I just thought he well, was Christopher old. Christopher Lloyd is, is considerably older than all the other actors at the time of filming that. Absolutely. But he looks like that now, almost. Yeah. I mean, he looks yeah. just a tiny bit older than that. But if you look at it, like I said, he has less wrinkles, his hair, you know, and, and his face is smoother. They didn't make him look younger. They they aged him, and it and they did a great job. It's the only age job in the whole thing that, that looks believable. So, mm. yeah, it, caught, it you know <laughs> tricked me. I had no idea. Yeah. So, one of the things that needs fixing is all that makeup. So uh, <laughs> maybe that's where Robert Zemeckis would come back and do some digital work. Yes. It's just, I just couldn't do what I wanted to do. They all look like bulldogs. Um, <laughs> stasis equals death uh, is a thing that is, is common practice on the protagonist. It's, it's something that if basically if the protagonist stays where he's supposed to stay, uh, then, then something bad will happen. Um, I had a hard time with this. Um, because the obvious one right away was, even though it doesn't fit in the, in the structure was I'm being erased from history was kind of his thing. If I don't do anything, you know, I won't be born. Well, what about the, the Libyans that are chasing? That's exactly what I wrote. I wrote Libyans and (laughs) I wrote that down. Uh, and, but I also wrote disappearing from the photo. So I don't, I don't know which is is it because you could also argue that stasis equals death is just like last time where if he stays in this life he's gonna grow up like his dad and he's gonna be underneath some bully and you know on and on and on so they don't play that up but uh yeah i when i was watching it i to kind of come back to what you and christian were initially thought until you realized john was right uh that the theme (laughs) was um, no McFly ever amounted to anything in the history of Hill Valley. I think you're, you, you, were, you were starting to get there whenever you said stasis equals death. Uh, I think he would become removed from history. Like he wouldn't, uh, nobody would remember him because if you look at his sister and his brother, his brother, I don't know how old he is, but he's working at a fast food restaurant. Yeah, yeah. The sister is all frumpy. Um, his, his, uh, uncle is in jail and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, he cries you know, whenever he, we take him out. So we just leave him in there all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I, I think that that's um, 
that's the stasis that that is going to equal you know death is that he's not he is going to be a nobody and he's and he's talking about how he wants to play music and that's what he he wants he wants to be famous he wants to be known for something but you know uh, mm. if he sticks around you know then time will you know he'll he'll get lost in time he'll he'll end up like his parents um, just being suburbanite nobodies and you know on and on and on down that road gotcha so he won't make history there you go that's the thing well, he won't in have, the future he won't, won't have a future on. how about that yeah okay any more about uh, the uh stasis equals death movement because uh i i'm with john i thought i thought libyans oh oh i know what i wanted to say is we don't do this thing anymore where we just name who our enemies are. In the 80s, the Libyan missile crisis or Iranian and Libyans. and <laughs> I mean, it was they, those were our bad guys, you know, back then. And um, they, don't, they don't do that anymore. You know, like Iron Man, uh, they even made a point to say in the first one that he heard all kinds of languages and accents out there. So it was a plethora of different cultures and the bad guy – a terrorist group, you know, so they wouldn't pick on any one group. Yeah, um, everybody but white people, apparently. Yeah, yeah. that's true. White people can't <laughs> be terrorists. Uh, but, uh, you know, like like back in the day with Red Dawn, you know, it was just the Russians. I mean, there was so many of those movies, even the Ruskies, where um, they were trying to make him a good guy. Dolph Lundgren was in that with a bunch of kids. But, um, but uh, oh, Red Dawn, the remake, did do it with... Uh, Korea. I don't remember which Korea is the bad one. So that's why I don't fly over there. North. 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 Okay. Okay. So they, you know, North Korea in, invades wherever they were, Cali- yeah. Colorado or whatever. So I think <laughs> if you're going to invade America, people just come into Florida. It's not a lot of fighting people here. So, oh, yeah, and we'll let you have it. That's the, that's <laughs> the downside. <laughs> Like we're all going to die here anyway. <laughs> We'd come up to Georgia and y'all dead. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, Georgia <laughs> is a is a barrier. That's kind of why I'm trying to trick you. If you're <laughs> all the terrorists that listen to the show. Um, okay, Catalyst. This one absolutely screwed me over big time. Mm-hmm. It, it, it this is when I started having like minor panic attacks because I was like this I can't I couldn't get it all straight in my head. It's supposed to be the moment that everything changes. So at first I wanted to get artsy fartsy and say, Oh, it was the phone call that he got, you know, right at the beginning during the opening scene. And then I wanted to say, Oh, it was the phone call he got when he forgot to get up in time and go down to the twin pines mall. And then I wanted to say it was the moment that the, uh, you know, the, the DeLorean rolls out, you know, on the, on the track. And then I wanted to say, that it w- and I felt I felt really hard about this one. That it was the moment that Doc got shot. Um, that mm. that's when things really. I mean, because otherwise it would have just worked itself out. Um, yeah. But uh, but I I had to just eventually settle on going back in time was the catalyst because he was just trying to get away and uh, so that was an adventure, but not necessarily hadn't changed his life or anything about it yet. So I don't know. It depends on what you think is the biggest uh, story. So, what do you guys? Depends say? on how deep you want to go with it. Exactly. Because I, I would agree with the phone call. I mean, that's really kind of where it started. But which one? The one where he gets. You know, you got to go meet me at the mall. The 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 early one or the one at night? The uh, I think it's the one where he's. Does he get a call from the doc when he's in the house? Yeah, he does. 
He does. So the early one. Yeah. I, I, I've never seen the movie either. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> just reading this off Google. Uh, no, when he gets a call and, and, and the doc tells him, meet me at the mall, at the Twin Pines Mall mm-hmm. in the morning and bring the video camera. Can I just it's say like, something yeah. about Twin Pines Mall? Uh, about two or three years ago, it became very popular on the internet. This little graphic where some guy who was 19 figured out, oh my gosh, it, it was Twin Pines Mall. And then he ran over one of the pines. And now it's, <laughs> it's Single Pine Mall. It's One Pine Mall. And they and they have this graphic like it's the most amazing thing anyone's ever discovered. And I knew that when I was like 10. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, <laughs> and I thought was it was amazing. Thought. You know, it Just was hipsters. Yeah. It was awesome. Hey, when I put that out on the internet, I w- I really <laughs> did think that it was awesome. So <laughs> I had never heard of it. Well, it's like oh. at the end of Mario, where she says, "Sorry, your your toad goes. Uh, your princess is another castle." I always thought it looked like she was giving me the double deuce, and I always thought Toad was a girl too. <laughs> so, um, but I remember that became oh, all this time, and then another one. So, pardon me, but. The clouds are the same sprites as the as the as the bushes in in you know Mario. Uh, duh. <laughs> just because you just woke up and finally realized it. Uh anyway, hipsters. Ugh, what are we gonna do with them? I don't know. But you ought to ask around. It's like the old people. That you know, we 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 roll our eyes when the old folks post crap on online that you've seen like seven hundred times. <laughs> like if one more, I'm, I'm a I collect Buzz Lightyear stuff. If one more person puts that infinity car that says and beyond on the bumper sticker or the license plate and asks me if I get it, I'm gonna choke myself because I've seen <laughs> oh, it a billion times. So if, if, if there's a joke about Buzz Lightyear, <laughs> I've I've heard it. You wrote it. I wrote it. So there you go. But old folks do it and hipsters do it. It's funny. It's just funny to me. <laughs> so the catalyst, what the freak is it, Paul? Help us out. So for me, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought this one, I, I was kind of with you where I, I, I think that there could have been several. I thought the second phone call, um, that one kind of stuck out for me because again, we've talked about, you know, he doesn't have, he has no concept of time. He, mm. re- he really would have overslept if, uh, if doc wouldn't have called, there would have been no movie. Um, so that was kind of the, I mean, so the first right, call didn't call change back. anything. The no. second call did. So that, yeah, that's an important yeah. distinction. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I thought. And then there's also, you know, whenever, whenever we see, uh, the first experiment where they send Einstein, you know, back to the future or whatever, a minute in time, a I still, that part confuses me. Yeah. But, but yeah, but it takes him like more than a minute. Yes, it to, does. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> again, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, when, when he sees that, you know, and, and that's the first time that we realize, okay, well, this is actually possible. Um, and then right after that, like you guys said, the Libyans show up. And so his reaction is essentially to, to flee. And so like his dad, you know, he's not good at confrontation, which I mean, granted, the other guy's got a gun. So that's, that's fine. I don't call him a coward, but, um, so there were, there were like within that three to four minute time period, I thought that there were a couple things that just kind of all worked together that kind of, prevented me from being able to say one definitive thing, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it was like a smear, you know, rather than a mm-hmm. point on a sheet. It went on for a while, and maybe there were multiples. Like last episode, there were two, you know, two main catalysts there. Uh, maybe this was just a series of them. Um, but I think I could summarize it with that. You built a DeLorean, space, 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 out of a time machine. Oh, strike that, reverse it. You built a time <laughs> machine. <laughs> 
out of a DeLorean, which is why that one didn't make it as our opening quote because, because it's so long. Pause. Yeah, that huge pause. Uh, I think that's when I see it finally occurring to him. Um, and I see that as a theme as well with him as things kind of occur to him. He, he doesn't accept them at first and then he does. The, the reason why I'm going to stick by that the final catalyst is obviously going back in time is because right after that, we do see an honest debate se- segment start to set up um, where Explain he... Explain that. Okay, the moment he shifts over and into uh, across time, um, he 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 starts looking around. I mean, obviously the old the old guys try to shoot him, and then the old people for no reason whatsoever scream like he's the devil when he's asking for help. He pushes the car behind the thing, but he starts to realize Lions the states. This has got to be a dream. Then he goes yeah. downtown and he's talking and he's seeing stuff and 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 he says it again. This has got to be a dream. And then he does not accept it until um, he meets his dad, which is what I would say is the break into two. Mm. So that's the debate, and then you say it leads into the break into two when he meets his dad. Yeah, I, you I, threw me because you know obviously he shifted over into another time. Usually that's your shift and your break into two in a different world. But I don't think I think because he doesn't accept it until later that it doesn't count until later. You get what huh. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I have. Not not that when he's meeting his dad, but I have the debate is when. It's not whether or not he's going to go on the adventure, but whether or not he's already on the adventure. There you and, go. And, you know, is he really back in time? And then that leads into breaking into it. And I have it uh, when he sees the newspaper and he sees the date. And then I have it as leading into the diner scene, which is, I guess, where he meets his dad. So it might be like sort of splitting semantics. But yeah, he doesn't it. understand it as much as we do, you know. So from his point of view, yeah. he's uh, he's in denial. And I that's why I would back up from that and say, OK, the the, the catalyst then. You can still argue it's that smear concept that it's just this whole big thing. But what I struggle with is I look at the pages in the system, you know, and the, and, and the catalyst is on page 12. It's one page thing. The debate mm-hmm. is 12 to 25. So that's a long, it's a long time. Breaking into two is a one page deal. And so when I try to match all that up, that's when I say, okay. You know, it was going back at a time. We could argue the smear thing. I'll say it's a smear thing. It's from the moment he got the phone call all the way to the time he goes back in time. That's the catalyst. It all fits on one page, yada, yada, yada. But I say the debate starts the moment he crosses over. Um, if anybody else has a debate area, I I want to hear it. That's what the show's about. Uh, yeah, I mean, I again, this is a tough one. So I'm yeah, by, it is no, by no means do I think that, or am I going to, you know, argue my point necessarily, but I, I put down that the debate was what we've kind of already talked about where he says, you know, you're telling me you built the time machine and then they start explaining how it works and, and all mm-hmm. that. Um, and then the break into two for me was, uh, was, you know, him actually jumping in time. And then, you know, obviously all the other things that we've talked about, uh, you know, all the differences, you know, lion estates, old man Peabody's trying to grow pine trees. And, you know, we, we heard that thing. He sees all the old cars. You even see the old Miller high life truck, which funny enough is now the logo that they're back with again. Um, <laughs> 19.5 uh, cent gas. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. I mean, no, I agree with you. I, I hate to admit it. I thought I had something there. 
I it's it's a lot simpler than I'm trying to make it, and 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 I'm trying too hard, and that's why I started the show was to help, you know, mostly to help me, you know, yeah, people and, enjoy and it. Great. Not to not to jump ahead, but I mean, we're gonna go here anyway. But to me, uh, meeting the father isn't the breaking of two. That would be the start of the B story. So I don't know that I guess maybe because I felt so strongly about what the B story was, maybe I was just really trying hard to find everything else before that. Well, so. you're right. Cause I had to skip forward and then I tried to figure out what the B story was. And only when I started talking to my wife, this is where I have no notes and no opinion from now on in the show. Everybody else is going to have to talk. <laughs> Cause when I sat and talked to her, she's like, Oh, James, the B story is the back in time, the whole thing. Cause I was trying to make it, the love interest with Lorraine and, you know, the, and that, well, it's the, lo- you know, it's the obvious one though. And, and then, uh, you know, the, there were these stories within stories within, and I'm like, no, there's not stories within stories. There's one story within, you know, another story, which is your B story and A story. So all of back in time was B the whole thing. So, and, and, and that answers a lot of my questions about the ending. Cause there were, since there were, there were, it seemed like to me that there was two um, bad guys closes in, two all is lost, two darks of the soul, you know, two breaking the threes, and I'm I'm interested to see which which one I was wrong about. That's all I'm saying. But uh, well, it depends. Is the protagonist time? I mean, the antagonist, antagonist? is it time? <laughs> I'm just talking smart here. Is the antagonist time <laughs> well, or is it? Biff? I think it's the antagonist of the A story. Yeah, and, and Biff, Biff is the antagonist of, of the B story. story. There we go. Well, there you go. Well, and I'll just throw this in. One thing that uh, if, if you start looking for it, I, I guarantee you're going to see it quite a bit. Um, but you'll a great storytelling device and a way to kind of uh, ramp up uh, just the anxiety and, and all that kind of stuff and what builds the suspense. If you watch most good movies that, that are trying to go for that, they put some sort of a timer in there. Like, yeah. you know, whether it's just like, Oh, we've got six days until the school dance. And so we have to make John a dress or whatever kind of right. thing. And this um, one's the bolt of lightning. One, hey, well, yeah, well, exactly. It's just, we know what day is going to, you know, not only the day, but we know the second, you know, that it's going to be there. So with this movie, it's almost like, man, they, they kind of, that part they had down or was easy for them because, you know, like John said, the time is the antagonist and truthfully time is, is supposed to be the antagonist in a lot of mm. movies. A lot of times that timer doesn't start until like the midpoint or maybe it's looming out there somewhere. But, you know, if you, if you think about it, I mean, if you've got, an indefinite amount of time to solve your problems, then, well, that's not going to make for a very timely or a, a very quick moving story. And so, um, yeah, so with this one, I, I definitely am with John that uh, time is definitely one of the antagonists and it plays a role throughout the whole movie. But I, I would say the, the B story, it, it usually in a movie when it, it comes to the aid of the A story. And I guess, I guess it did though. I guess yeah. it did. Cause he couldn't, he couldn't get back to A until B was, Taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So Catalyst, uh, we said, was what again? The the, the whole schmear. thing? Yeah, the, sme- the schmear. Has to be a schmear. It's blueberry schmear. Uh, Can we stop saying schmear? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I, I was thinking Einstein's bagel. Sorry. Um, I agree, though. That's why I said, no, no. Uh, we're not do- that's not going to be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I said I agree. I'd not disagree. <laughs> so debate was 
Mm. Uh, you tell me you built a time machine explanation of how the DeLorean works. That was the debate. Mm-hmm. I would say that that debate continues through through the break to two because he, I would say another smear is in effect. <laughs> smear. Well, the debate can go all the way to, it does. It's 12 to 25. Break, break into two is 25. So it, it works. Yeah, butts right up to Except it. Except you said he goes him him going back in into the future or back in time is a break into two, and I I agree it it is a break, and that's why they call it that. It's a hard, you know, life. Everything is different. Whole new set of characters. Uh, everybody's the antithesis of what was going on at the beginning. So, yeah, um, but I think like Christian said, I mean he, that that whole argument. Um, or him trying to come to grips with the reality of where he's at. I think that definitely is a debate. Like he's, he's arguing with himself to try and realize that, yeah, this is more than a, or this is not a dream. This is, you know, this is actual reality. So ooh, I, I, ooh. I think that that's a val- perfectly valid debate point. And why is it always a dream? Why does he say that? Because he has these moments where he wakes up and he's like, Oh, I had this terrible dream. And it's a theme that they keep playing out throughout the whole thing. Uh, where it's dark and you, you think he's with his mom and then the light comes on and, and it's Lorraine. And I thought it was so funny because he, back then in the eighties, you would have said, at least I remember it, that somebody was fine. That's what you said. But he keeps going, he keeps going, you're so hot. You're so hot. Obviously about to say hot, which is what they say now. And I think, I thought that was hilarious. Everything comes around, you know? So mm. I just remember everybody was fine. She's so fine. She is so fine. You know, Mickey was fine. He was so fine, he blew my mind. So, hey, Mickey. I um, thought that song was about a girl. It's by a girl. <laughs> no, I was just kidding. And Ricky. Ricky. <laughs> uh, so Going break back in, to the 80s. So, break into Ugh. B Story uh, is, 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 is specifically, though, on page 30, they say, starts off the fun and games. This is where there's a discussion about the theme. A nugget of truth. Um, usually a discussion between the main character and the love interest, but there's no real love interest here. I disagree. Okay. I really do think that the B story is Marty and his dad. Mm. Yeah. That's do, do you think it's strong though? That I think oh, I think that yeah, I mean that's the whole the whole okay. the whole time that he's back in time is him trying to help his dad, to you know. His dad. Okay. Yeah, to 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 be more outgoing, to stand up to Biff, to share his stories, I mean to talk to Lorraine. I mean it's it's all it's the two of them, you know, working together, but mostly Marty being the one that's pushing him and everything. But yeah, I definitely think that that's the B story because that is ultimately, you know, what kind of causes the synthesis. Okay. Later on in the story, you're but, right. Uh, Lorraine says, "I think a man should be able to be strong and stick up for himself." That's when she asks him out on the date uh, when they're hanging up laundry. Marty tells him, uh, "You've got to be a fighter," um, and and trying to set up that situation. Um, yeah. I d- so I think the the B story. I mean, you could even say it's just getting his parents back together. So the the love interest, quote unquote, is Marty and his dad, and then the the B story itself is yeah, just trying to get. George and Lorraine together. I think were this movie made today, though, we would have seen more relationship building stuff going on. Like there would have been some heart tugging moments. And I would say there were zero heart tugging moments in this movie. What about the scene outside where they're, you know, he's trying to convince them to, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to curse dad. I mean, dad, daddy. (laughs) Oh, 
GD it swear. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I don't know that that's heart tugging though. I, I, I thought you were going to go with if, if your eight year old ever, you know, sets fire to the living room rug, just go easy on him. Okay. That way he can become mm. a, an arsonist and uh, change the entire future of this time. Burn down Hill Valley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's probably what burned down Doc's, you know, mansion. Oh, oh. Marty's Marty. Part four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have the, I have the B story as between Marty and his parents. And I think it's pretty one-sided, but I have it. I it is one-sided. I would agree. Yeah, it's definitely Marty and his dad is probably more, but I had Marty and his parents as the well, B story. Marty does all yeah. the changing, and or the and I mean changing them. M- Marty himself, I don't, I don't know. Once again, I, I said this about the last one. I don't know that they show that he makes a huge difference. Like that moment he got up on the stage to play, they just they greased over that and just did it, and it should have been a moment. It should have been a moment where he's thinking back and and he has to step up and face. The fact that he doesn't think he can do this and he doesn't, you know, I can't play in front of all these people. Now, I know that he, he played in front of Huey Lewis earlier um, yeah. mm-hmm. with his megaphone. Uh, it's just too darn loud. Yeah, but the, I, I think this could have been a heart tugger or a thing where we really pulled for him. Get up there and, and show us what you're made of. You know, they, they should have probably skipped the Battle of the Bands things or had him wash out, you know, in a different way. But I don't know. What are your thoughts? No, I, I couldn't agree more. Could you? Could you try? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, since the I, other guys are sleeping, <laughs> well, no, I'm just. I'm. I, I feel like we kind of trailed off what your original question was, and so I'm trying to remember oh. what that actually <laughs> actually was. <laughs> always, always end up with where I stopped because I, I kind of just talk. That's what I oh. do. Okay. All right. So, so you, you have no concept of time, like this movie. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. What I was talking about is that he does all the change. He does. He oh, changes yeah. others. He does not change himself. And we saw that. We could have seen that in that moment right there. But okay. Didn't. So I have some some things to say about that then. Good. Uh, so I do. I do feel like he he does change because I think he becomes a little bit more sympathetic of his parents. Um, he, he he is kind of not only is he cheering on George. Um, but he's actually using his dad's advice that, you know, he was given in the future, blah, 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 you know, however that stuff works. But so I feel like he's, he is becoming more sympathetic, uh, to, to their plight and he's, um, more understanding of where they're coming from. He is like actually on their side. And like I said, I think he's, uh, he, he realizes that he is more like his dad than he wanted to admit, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, if he would apply, if he, if he would, if he would walk, what his dad talks. I, like, I agree that that, that should have been there. I don't, I can't point to a part in the film where any of that happened though. I mean, yes, he, he's like, Hey, good. You kiss the girl, you know, that kind of stuff. I saw that, but, oh. But this deep inner change, I I don't I don't see it. Well, I think there's hints of it, and I want to. I want the theme to change my my guy, and and it and it seemed like everything around him changed. I even wrote this down. Everything changes, but him. He's the same guy in both the the opening and the closing. And yeah, you can argue that he understands his parents and and he and he you know blah blah blah. But in large part, he just does the same thing he was wanting to do. Before it's just now everything's pie in the sky. Out for him. Everything's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that's what I'm a, saying. 
And I'm, I know I did this last week, and I promise I won't ever do it again, like go back to the beginning. But I have uh, Marty's flaw as being that he's just sort of unlucky and that his – I don't think he needs to change. I think it's his family and his situations that need to change. For me, I didn't. I never saw him like slack off. And I just thought, I thought he was cool the whole time. So for me, I, don't, I didn't see him change because I didn't think he needed to. I think he was just sort of unlucky and all of his situations were sort of – weighing down on him like you know the principal like oh it wasn't really wasn't his fault that he was late and then his family's so lame but he didn't really have anything to do with that and so that's why i view him as like changing his situation mm. to improve himself and so that's why i didn't that's why i was okay at least with not seeing any, well, any th- change in marty i think i think he did he, he obviously was flawed and I, but i will agree that there was more wrong around him than was wrong in him and that is why we didn't see the huge change in him and we saw all the change around him he was he was this you know the 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 white sheep of the family you know versus the the black right. sheep of the family he was the one normal guy in all the other ones he he was like the monsters who was that chick i don't remember her name marcia somebody uh from the brady bunch but um anyway any any thoughts on that 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 the changes the reason why i'm struggling is because there it's not that there weren't changes in him it's just there was so much more that needed to change outside of him than him. It wasn't a story about him changing. Yeah, I guess yeah. I guess maybe I was just trying because because I believe that well it has to be there. Maybe I was just kind of reaching for it. So yeah, I think now that I kind of look back at it and you're pointing this stuff out, you know, him sitting across the table from his dad, you know, uh talking about, you know, not reading, not letting people read his stories and being sympathetic and all that. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Like he's not necessarily changing. He is becoming more sympathetic, but that's not that's that's not him actually outwardly changing by the end of the film. So I'll, I'll yeah. have to I'll have to give you that. And I'll so. give him credit when he's changing things. You know, like telling his dad, he's not doing it with a "I'm going to fix my life" kind of slant. That would have sucked. That would have sucked really bad. I'm yeah. going to fix my life. You know, I'm going to go back in time and tear it up. Um, he hmm. but he but he he went back and he and he, yeah. He, I I I will say he he softened towards his father. Obviously, but we don't see that play out though at the end scene. We don't see that. We see the change between him and his 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 mom or the guy and his mom. Uh, you know, they love each other. They're, they're she's wearing her pants up to her navel. Um, they have <laughs> wigs and 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 their hip is hip is is nineteen eighty five and let you be. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's still wearing the same clothes. He's just got a four by four now. Which, by the way, also was the most amazing truck you could ever own. Would be a four by four in those days. That was the bomb. matter of fact. I can add a little <laughs> trivia tip. Those little, those little third, uh, the the brake light that's up in your rear window. Those things started specifically because of lifted trucks that could not see your taillights. So there you go. Wow. Oh boy. <laughs> I don't remember that, but yep, that's I'll why. Take word for it. Look it up. Look it up on the internet. It's it, it, the internet that was up back then. You have to go back. In time. <laughs> I have to do that. You have to break into the military into Skynet and see you it. Got to find a DeLorean. All right. So, uh, B story. Let's talk about fun and games. This is the fun part. Um, this is where we basically just talk about all our favorite moments. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> kind of let our hair down. My 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 favorite moment is whenever uh, he wakes up in his mom's room and she's creepily like just. Ugh. eyeballing him and everything. And my favorite <laughs> line is, where are my underwear? Over there, 
on my hope chest. On my hope chest. Yeah. Well, it's not his underwear, point. but it's his pants. But yeah. Well, whatever. I've never seen purple <laughs> underwear before, Calvin. And I'm like, neither oh, yeah. have we. <laughs> Calvin Klein. Calvin hey, Klein. I had a pair of those. Purple underwear, though, for real. What they oh, look yeah. like is that they got washed in the freaking clothes, you know, with a red towel or something is what they look like. But um, I like I liked him. Um, I liked his dad looking at uh, this almost fully clothed woman in her underwear. Uh, and, and, and just dry humping that tree as he was trying to work his way up. I know he was shimmying, but he looked like my dog who's been fixed since it was like a baby. Uh, what Lorraine, what, what? And he has these amazing spy glasses. He falls down and he say, you know, saves him. Another one is, uh, another one of these darn kids stepped in front of my car again. So apparently this happens. To to the dad quite a bit. I, I gotta say, one of my favorite parts is um, when he's talking to Goldie Wilson. Mm. He says, "You're going to be the mayor." And he says, "Mayor Goldie Wilson, like the sound of that, like the sound of that." Like he's the one that planted. It. I don't know. It's just because back in the fifties, you know that they were, you know, segregation was still. Yeah, but he was going to be mayor anyway, which is which is kind of like the white guy comes in and saves the black guy thing, which I hate. That's a trope. It's it's. True. Yeah, it is. It's like it was going to happen, and it's the same thing at the end. With you know that new sound you're looking for. Yeah, Listen yeah. to this. Why wouldn't he just take the new sound and become that guy? You know, take his place in time. But anyway, mm. I'm gonna. Yeah, we're just this down and out reefer smoking band. Let me go ahead and give away the awesomest thing I've ever seen in my life to my cousin, who yeah. doesn't even know my name. You know, <laughs> so. Anyway, I have the the fun in games is that it was when you're being chased by Biff and then Biff gets the oh the manure oh yeah that was my midpoint at one time because <laughs> that oh was gosh. the highest I was confused man I was all in the B story thinking it was the A story it was the problem and if and it is kind of the high point of the B story and it is the antithesis of bad guys closing in because that's the last time we see Biff until he shows up and jerks dude out of the car. So I have the the midpoint, the high point is being when uh, they're all like getting out of their car and you see all the smoke come out. So, <laughs> so basically, you're you're just scared of, of people that aren't white, is what you're trying to say here on the show. No, because no, some, like thank you. Oh, I know, because he got thrown no, in the trunk. It. No, no, don't explain it to him. <laughs> no. Just let him not understand the joke. Okay, awesome. But, but we're I'm, not I'm done really with fun and games, though. I want no. to stay here more. <laughs> no, Christian and I are having a lot of fun laughing yeah. at old guys that are missing this joke. But anyway, uh, none of you, you uh, John, do you get it? Um, I'm just going to say that you skyped out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, John's from a John's from a Christian school with a, like six people in it. So, and uh, <laughs> I was homeschooled for a couple of years. I, I know that the the are we talking about the reefer addicts here? We or, definitely are. Yeah, uh, yeah, and the fear that the fifties had because of reefer no. madness and all that kind of no. stuff. No? Let's just no, move okay, on. Okay. You're embarrassing yourself. Uh, yeah. Oh, jeez, I'm going to tweet <laughs> about this. It's, it's <laughs> Skype again. I I don't know what you guys are talking. You, you about. You need to tell me what I'm missing right I'm now. Have to listen to the show, so like if I'm embarrassing myself, I you owe me to let I'm me know. One more time, I'm going to say it very slowly. <laughs> the high point. Oh, mm. it's a <laughs> joke. <laughs> It was. Yeah, a, I missed a joke. Oh wow! Was a, that was kind of a pun, more wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah it wasn't a very good a one. Bit. If you have to explain uh, it, you know. 
Okay, so is that my fault or is that your fault? Okay, well, it's their fault. Christian, don't that's, worry. That's a good it's, one. This is the break into two of the podcast. <laughs> it's a break. All right. Um, Ooh. I like the model city. It was my favorite, 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 favorite because he apologizes for it, the crudeness of it, and it's absolutely amazing. It's ketchup <laughs> bottles and and milk cartons, and it's absolutely the scale. Not really, he says, but it's very, very, very cool. And I love yeah. that they have to act it all out. And he has yeah. to shoot it. And I love that look on it. his face when the car turns right toward the big thing of oily rags, which is you're never <laughs> supposed to have. <gasps> you know, <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, I, I always love George's laugh, especially in the beginning when he's watching television. That's uh, one of my fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that has a name, too. It's probably I love that. I used George to imitate laugh. that all the time in high school. That was actually was how I do it too. I wonder if he still laughed that way. You'd have to. You don't Christine change Glover? that much. I, I just love the whole doc working out how to get things. I love him freaking out about not knowing how. I love the fact that they say gigawatts instead of gigawatts because no one had decided how we were supposed to say it yet. Was it GIF or JIF or you know what? And because um, it is spelled with a G. And uh, I love that. Gigawatts. Gigawatt. One point twenty one gigawatts. Oh, you know. Yeah, I like when they have the conversation about who's the president. <laughs> I guess Jane Winan is the first lady. <laughs> He's such a spaz. He's just that character would uh, outside of Clue um, was my favorite for him. Uh, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, yeah. Clue was your favorite for him. No, no, no. Second favorite. Sorry. Second favorite. Okay. It's like right up there because I like Clue. And everybody in it, but um, but I loved the awesome clothes, man. Everybody was styling. Even even I even loved uh, nerdy guy dad's clothes. He had these jackets, yeah. and and it just was so awesome. I love the fifties, and and in the eighties yeah. we were absolutely enthralled by the fifties. It was the huge thing, kind of like now. You know, we're all, right. are we? I think we're tapering off about the eighties, but the fashion and all that kind of stuff is coming back around. So it was awesome. It's good stuff. Um, I love that his mom tracked him down. I love the way she was advancing on him. I love the way Doc was looking and leans on the car and the whole thing. is just It's just so great because he's like, oh, God, this is so bad. This is worse than we thought. So, so do, you, do you think that that is part of Funny Games, that, that whole moment there, or are you, are you getting to the midpoint? Um... Well, I, I told would you say that car scene is where bad guys are closing in. Oh wow! Well, we haven't talked about midpoint yet, so right. So midpoint, I I can't Beat number say, nine. I can't say what I thought it was. It's on page fifty-five. It's a little bit after the halfway point there, right in the halfway point. Um, I I thought maybe it was when Doc found out that he couldn't generate the the. 1.21 gigawatts. You know, it was at the high point. But then I said. I told you, this is what I put um, when he put the bad guys into the manure. But I'm, I'm totally wrong. I know this. Christian, I want to hear you because we know Paul's going to be right. So I want to hear you first. Yeah. He has been <laughs> right about so much stuff. I, uh, I honestly, I, I left a blank. Yeah, I, this, I should this have. One, it was so hard for me. After I've got the next few and I, I still think those are all wrong. But this movie, I think it was because it was also smeary. You're right. You're right. Uh, it was. It's super hard to like some. Like I have all is lost in darkness. So I'm like one, like a half a second apart from each other. I mean, we'll get to that. But for them, I'm just kind of lost. All right. This. 
then my one of the midpoints I wrote and I erased, I will put it back up, is when Homeboy finds out that his mom's cool with parking. That's kind of when <laughs> all of it kind of fell apart. They had this plan, they worked towards it, and then so mm. midpoint is supposed to be either a great thing or an awful thing. And I think it's an awful thing because right after that, bad guys close in for sure. So I don't know. I had, well, I did have, I did had something. um, I did had something. Well, um, and it was when I put it as the highest point of the midpoint (laughs) and that, not, 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 not not that kind. Um, but I had, it was when they figured out, Oh, like next Saturday, we're sending you back to the future. They figured out like, okay, we have a way out of this. But I felt like that was so wrong that I, like when they discovered that the lightning would work and they knew like, okay, we can do it at this time. Mm. But I felt that was kind of shaky. So I shaky Mike, like Michael J. Fox. Um, oh, would, oh, I've been nice. trying to fit it in there the whole time. <laughs> right. Oh man. I do love it um, when they say the title of the movie in the movie, they should do that with every movie. Yeah. And they look to the camera. That's my favorite. Especially the one where the Englishman went up a molehill and came down a mountain. That, that one should have been in there for sure. Cause it's the <laughs> longest title you ever heard. <laughs> Went up a hill and came down a mountain. Yeah, years ago. But uh, yeah, I, I I'm gonna just stick by my you know mom's mom's a a hoe <laughs> premise. <laughs> she smokes, she drinks. You know, you sound like such a square. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Paul, save us. Well, I think I, I I'm just gonna imagine go with, uh, he's sitting back there with his hands just like <laughs> tapping his fingers. Yeah. You no, are at, so well. He's a writer. He knows this stuff, and that's why I wanted him on the show. He's our he's our sage. Go. Yeah, no pressure. Uh, well, I I, I uh, to me, I, I think you were right, Christian. I think that the midpoint is, in this movie is um, it, it is kind of a smear, and I think it's you know when they find the flyer, you know, at ten oh four p.m. on Saturday night, uh, we're going to send you back to the future, and because right then we also that's whenever we discover that the picture of Marty and his brother and sister are fading, and so mm. that's that's kind of the the new, you know, it's almost. Uh, like a second catalyst that like, okay, you know, the fun and games are now over. It's, you know, it, we've got to get back. And not only do we have to get back, but this is the the beginning of the synthesis between the two stories. So uh, we've got to get back to the future. And then also um, now it's really imperative that we, uh, that we get your mom and dad together because otherwise, you know, we're fading, we're not going to get there. Um, and so I think he even says something like, you know, our doc says, you got to stick to your father, like glue and make sure that he takes her to that dance. And so they've, They've uh, they've almost given us like a new um, a new goal for the for the remainder of uh, of the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Well, is this what this get her feels to like? Kiss the girl. Yeah, but the enchantment under the sea dance was the plan all along, right? It, and and it uh, but but you're right about synthesis. That's exactly what it says in the book that a story and B story are supposed to synthesize, them, and we do see that because the answer to a story becomes getting B story fixed. I can't go back. There's no future to go to. I can jump in this car. And hit the lightning bolt, and then go into nothing because my folks yeah. didn't get married. Um, yeah, or I'll I'll you know turn into somebody that has a high life or something like that. Just it's the sweet time. taste of victory. Yeah, <laughs> I was right. Yeah, so I, I, I do think it's those two things are the are the midpoint. Because to be honest with you, James, to me, I don't. I mean, whether this is right or not, but. If your mom tries to kiss you, that's the dark night of your soul, yeah, no matter who you are. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. Well, if my mom looked like that, I don't know. <laughs> so she she was hot for that time, was she? she wait, James's mom or wait? What she was about? she was not mom. hot. She was pretty. 
Kathy Ireland and 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 Cheryl Teagues and those guys were hot. Uh, she was pretty. Okay. I, I always <laughs> thought she was fine from the time I saw her in Space Camp. Uh, sorry. Well, you know, I, the first time I ever saw who's the horse face girl from uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker. First time. That's what other people say. Um, I agree with them. First time I saw her was in Flight of the Navigator, and I loved her to death. And and she still gets credit for how cute she was in that movie. So wow. you just want to feed her an apple. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> I'm gonna tell I wanna, Matthew, bro. I want to put her in a race and bet on her. That's all. <laughs> oh Sugar <gosh>. cube. <laughs> I dated a girl that looked like a horse, so uh, maybe maybe it's a problem with me. Oh, geez. Christian's pun was better. Yeah. Well, nobody okay. beat yours from last week. Moving on <laughs> to the next beat. <clears throat> Bad guys close in. Bad yeah. guys close in. All right. So I, J- go. Uh, I think, James, uh, what you thought was the midpoint to me is bad guys closing in. Biff, you know, hitting on Lorraine and uh, so telling her that she was a lot earlier than go. I thought. Yeah. 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 Because, I mean, because that, that's, you know, he's he he is the bad guy. He's closing in on the woman. And then uh, he actually closes in on Marty with the scene where uh, Marty trips him. And then they actually have, like, the full-on pursuit. Mm. Uh, and, you know, he ends up, you know, getting manure all over him and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's yeah, that after well, the I had after Biff the wanting to fight Marty as one of them. And then yeah, I had yeah. Dad Doubts as another one. I don't know why I thought that was possibly one. But I I did love that he... He he goes in and he uses Van Halen. He he uses the name Darth Vader and, <laughs> and Vulcan. Vulcan and does the the Vulcan salute there. You know, I think he was missing was Nanu Nanu, and he would have been full circle. Shazbot. So, but yeah, I I thought because the doc was going to die. You know, I was looking in there because it was like a. a you know, a a thing just kind of sitting over the whole deal is that doc was going to die. And I I love this Mm -hmm. new, new young version and he's so hopeful and he, and he wants to, you know, I made something that actually works, you know, but then you're going to die. You're going to die. You're helping me. I'm going to go and you're going to die. You know, that was your bad guys close in. I'm suck at this. (laughs) I have, I have bad guys close in as when he, Marty is locked in the car and Biff is about to, um, Rape his mom, I guess. That's what I mean. That's what I so eloquently put it as. <laughs> Thank God for that bustle. That's all I can say, man. It's a lot of lot of lace there. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping that's it keeping it PG thirteen for us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean again, I, I'm I'm gonna stick with Christian, but also say mm. I think it's all it's all smeared together because you know, Biff pulling Marty out of the car mm-hmm. I think was a bad guy's close in and then, you know, the the actual closing of the trunk on him. Um I don't know, I kinda I kinda felt like that could have been uh an all is lost moment, but mm. I don't know. I, I've got that on there, well, but I don't know. Now so. I think all is lost is that moment where uh, he Biff's got Dad by the arm. Yeah, that's what I think it is now. That horrible oh, look on he... Dad's face, him looking up, and and making that you know that's the moment. Because if he screws up, everything's gone. There's no fixing it, anything. Because Homeboy's in a trunk, he can't come and do the trick that they were gonna do. Biff is just gonna break his arm, and she's gonna probably end up with him. You know, ugh. Because he's gonna rape her. Yeah, that's your all is lost. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, I will change my 
thing about there's not a heart tugging moment when she looks up and says, help me, George, or whatever she says. And I mean, just absolutely frightened within an inch of her life. That mm-hmm. one makes me want to kill the man. So yeah. every time you want to talk about emotional response. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Because he's using his size. I put that. That's one of his things. He uses his size to intimidate people, and he's using his size to to, to overpower her. And uh, little man, Dave and Goliath, right upside the head. Yep. There it is. Uh, I don't know. For all, that's not that's your all is lost is when he's about to break his arm. Yes. This is this is where I was talking about earlier, where I've got things like within like a second and a half of each other, but I have all is lost is when the ginger with the never ending laugh uh, steals his mom from George. That's mm. where guy has all is lost. Well, cause it's the opposite. It's like, okay, well now none of this matters cause we're here. They're not going to get back together at a time. And then just to carry it over. So it makes sense. Then I have dark night of the soul. Is it possible I'm, that there's two all is lost there? This, this movie's had smear after smear. It's had doubles and doubles. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was saying at the beginning is I had two of everything at, yeah. at, at the end, but I confused the B story and the A story. I, I think the ginger is, is the break into three personally, because that's when it, that's when it, you know, that's when it seals the deal, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Well, yeah. dark night. So not, not necessarily but break into three would for me now that I'm, now that I got it, got it right here, um, would be when dad kisses mm-hmm. mom. Right. Cause he does that right after he punches or pushes Either that <laughs> or <laughs> when all that's finally over and he heads to Finaleville. Uh, well, are we going to skip over Dark Knight of the Soul? I, I I thought we had said that was, oh, that's All is Lost. I'm sorry. Yeah, what was Dark Knight of the Soul? Well, for me, I've got All is Lost, all is, lost is when the ginger steals his mom, and then Dark Knight of the Soul is like, it's a half a second later, and that's when Marty begins to fade. And I put in notes here, he can't, that's where he can't play the guitar, so he doesn't even get to be um, like the star of the show, which is, you know, something that he's wanted from the beginning. And because, his, you know, the, uh, his dad is, sort of had his mom taken away from him. So now they're not going to kiss. And it's like, fine. Okay. His brother's fading the picture. His sister fading the picture. Now it's him. He's fading. And so it's that's where it's like, death. Yeah, it's the whiff of death. Yeah. Boom, exactly. Mm. And I know but it's that's like, it, it, that's the smear. And I think it's, it's a one, one second after all is lost, but that's what I have. I agree. It's either that or Marty in the trunk again. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> James, I, I do think that there, to me, there are a lot of, um, there, are, I think you're right that there are two of almost everything on this because for me, I felt like all is lost was, you know, I've already hit on this, but Marty being locked in the trunk and uh, Biff having uh, George, you know, by the arm. Like I felt like those mm-hmm. were the all is lost moments. And then for me, the dark night of the soul was uh, George walking away from Lorraine because, uh, you know, the ginger steps in and because Marty's the one watching that. And so that. Uh, you know, like, like what Christian just said, as far as, you know, that's, you know, every, all hope is gone. So in some ways right. it kind of sounds like an all is lost moment, but we've already passed that to me. And right. so that is the dark night of the soul. Is, uh, it, is it possible mm-hmm. that I wasn't as confused as I thought? And maybe just maybe there is an all is lost B story, all is lost A story, dark night of the soul B story with dad, dark night of the soul A story with Marty. I completely agree. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I when, I, when I agree. first watched it, I was I was pretty set on only having one of each. But I think if I watched it again with this in mind, I, I would be. Yeah. I can see it. I think I fought to to conform it to the pattern, and this is 1985. 
You know, there wasn't there. Not that he invented this pattern. He he just labeled a bunch of stuff that makes pretty typical movies. You know, pretty good. Um, but Robert Zemeckis didn't know he had to play by these rules. You know, yeah. But right. I feel like he did play by those rules. He just did it. You know, we've got two different stories going on to where it's like Marty is. Yes, he's trying to get back. You know, to the present mm-hmm. and all that. But he's also trying to fix what he has screwed up in the past. And so I think it. You know. Because they 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 always seem to happen like right next to each other. Because I mean, even with the all is lost moment, Marty getting locked in the trunk, and then the very next thing we see is Biff catching uh, George's arm, and then you know, whenever the the Dark Knight of the Soul moment, they're they're happening in tandem as well, where Marty's watching his father walk away, and you know, almost give up on on his future and everything like that. So yeah, I, I completely. I think that you're right on with uh, having two of most of those things. Good deal. That helps me uh, because I was fighting it. Like I said, I was fighting either the, the, the story or I was fighting this formula. And the reason why I brought it up is because if I were just to read the book and walk away and try to write a screenplay or a, or a, or a you know a movie off of this, I would not have allowed for double of anything uh, other than Catalyst. We'd heard about the double bump, you know, but I, I'm, I'm going to say the double bump can apply to just about anything. In, in this one, especially in this one, when you got a strong B story, because he doesn't, he doesn't, the A story takes a back seat to the B story quite a bit of the time. I mean, it's always there. It's always in the back, but it is in the back. It's not the forefront. He's with his dad. He's with mom. He's, you know, with, with young guy, you know, he is deeply, deeply entrenched in the B story. Um, and then he has to, to come back out. But finale for me, was um, all the way from after he says goodbye to mom and dad, the entire closing thing until he gets back to his house was finale for me. Because, yes, the tree fell. Yes, the, the he had to get up on the clock and all that. But to me, all that was finale stuff. That was just almost a little bit more fun and games in the finale before the final image. Thoughts? Well, did we skip over the break into three? Oh, yes, we did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Take everything I just no, I said. I said it a long time ago. We just, you know. But if you want to elaborate on it, go ahead. Yeah. It's all right. No, I was <laughs> just asking. I, I We said it was the when when they kiss. But th- that's what we said. But um, always, always open for interpretations. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I've got the kiss and that's. They, I'm sticking to it. They said that thanks to a fresh idea, new inspiration, or last-minute thematic advice from the B story, usually from the main love interest, the main character chooses to try again. So then, by that definition, immediately I change it to the conversation that they had about his childhood right before he leaves. Yeah, and just to continue to stroke your ego and validate the whole uh, dualism thing throughout <laughs> this, I feel like, uh, yeah, I agree with you, the... the um, you know, the kiss and everything, that's kind of the break into three, you know, uh, George has achieved his goal, you know, the goal that Marty even has for him. But then also the, the guitar scene is not just, or the, the Johnny B. Good scene is not just simply fun and games and simply epic, but it's also, he does get to play at a school dance. That's, Uh, that gives closure to that. Not only that, but he's also, you know, he is playing something that is far too loud, you know, like what Huey Lewis said in the beginning. And so there's, there's some kind of closure to that, but also it's kind of, he's got, like you said, it's this boost of confidence 
because he sees his dad achieve his dream. And he talks with Jennifer in the beginning about, you know, what if they reject me? What if they don't like me? What if I never play in front of people? And so he finally, he takes a risk and he decides because he has that chance to walk away and, Marvin Barry says, you know, why don't you stick around and play and all that stuff. And so, um, yeah, so I think the Johnny B. Good scene is, I think, it, you know, for a long time, I just thought it was just the greatest scene of the movie. But now, from, you know, looking at it this way, it's like, oh, no, that's actually that to me, that's a, a major plot point. So I think it could have been. I don't think that the movie did that, though. I, I think it should be. And you're absolutely right. I just think you'd have to really hunt and dig for it to find that. Because, yes, there is that connection, but it occurred to me, as you were saying it, um, the story doesn't make a lot of callbacks uh, for him um, in relation to his music. You kind of almost forget that he's a musician until he jumps up there and starts doing his thing. Um, But that's my 10 cents. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, so twos. We started in twos. Uh, Kiss is the first. You'd say, so you'd say Marty playing, playing would be the the break into three, part two. That that's that's my vote. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see it. Do we still dig uh, the idea of um, all of the getting in the DeLorean type of thing as the finale? Now yeah. that all the problems are taken care of. Yeah. Okay. And how is he incorporating the theme? into this finale and that's just a concept that's talked about in the book. And I want to see if it's, if it plays out here, it's basically um, they take the experience from the A story and the context from the B story. And uh, we see that played out in the finale. I don't, I don't think I do see that. I don't think it's that deep. Well, I I think, think Oh, sorry. Go go ahead. ahead, No, it's you go for it. Well, I, I do think that it is there because he he goes back to the starting point and the car dies and he doesn't just give up. He doesn't just decide to be a slacker. He's trying to actually be on time for the first time in the whole movie. Uh-huh. Um, he's he's being persistent and he's not going to give up. So he, uh, you know, to go back up to the theme, sorry, I had to scroll up in my notes. Uh, if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. So he's dedicated. He's, you know, going to do it. And even and then even whenever the the timer goes off, he could say, well, it's too late. I'm never going to make it. But even still, he's like, no, I'm going to actually do something. Um, you know, because if he doesn't, then he is going to be lost in history. He, he won't amount to anything. Um, you know, I'm not sure what the story would be like because of their uh, concept of time. <laughs> but, it, you know, he would just be lost in 1955 and, you know, oblivion. And there'd be, it would just be weird and everything. So I, I did feel like the theme comes back in, into play in the finale. Hmm. All right, I quit. Paul can just do it. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> Paul just does the podcast now. I know, but we're digging though. We're digging really hard. He he wants uh, to go back home. That's his primary motivation. Is he wants to get back mm-hmm. to the future? And, that's what I said in the beginning too. I agree with you. It's and, not that. But deep. I do agree that his flaw, his main flaw, is is a lack of confidence. But I also agree that that that, that he, I, we would have to say it was just that he was simply he's late. <laughs> he's late to everything. <laughs> Maybe that was his main flaw. His his luck changes in that moment too, because the car starts after he slams his hands on the steering wheel, mm-hmm. and then from then on out, it's like okay, his his he he, he gets home, he's got a a new truck. I mean, all those things have changed for him. So, good point. That's nice. Yeah, I like I like the the idea of his luck changing. Yeah, especially because it leads into my 
previous theory. <laughs> <laughs> just really, I like being right. <laughs> well, luck, luck is a challenging thing to talk about. I, I think I know what he meant. He meant like things just started working for him. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times w- what drives the story is supposed to be the main, the decisions of the main character. And so though the car did turn back on, the emphasis would have to be on the fact that he slammed his hands into it, you know, uh, and it responded. Um, it didn't, it didn't like, he didn't get out of the car, walk away and it turned on, you know, it, it mm. luck didn't, I mean, it was there, but it's, it, it's more of a, Oh God, I'm glad that happened type of thing. Yeah. Then, then now my luck is changing because everything has to be as a result of what the decisions he's made and the consequences of what he's done. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, but the finale was fun. I love it. Yes. I love him sliding down the rope or the cable, the industrial strength zip cable, line. zip line there, just <laughs> slamming into the bush. <laughs> just, uh, it's good stuff. I love that he pays off the cop to back up a little bit. Yeah, hey, I've got my, uh, <laughs> got my uh, permit. Let me see. Let me get it out here. Oh, I didn't notice that. That's funny. Yeah. And he's paying off the, the 50s starched white cop there. Um, all right, so finale uh, also includes um, him writing out a, a note to to the uh, to the doc about his mm-hmm. future. You know, not the doc not reading it. Yeah, but he does. But yeah. he does, and that's a little well, bit of the finale too. Yeah, one thing before we move on from the finale, uh, I, I'm just kind of curious what you guys think about this. Uh, you know how the movie started with an overload of power. Mm-hmm. With you know the 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 amp blowing up, I thought it was interesting because they that's how he actually that solves the problem as well because um, they talk mm. about or the oh the overload of power gosh. from from the lightning um, you know because Doc is you know says in the in, during uh, when they first meet again he's just like you know the only thing you know great Scott the only thing that we could do that is you know a bolt of lightning and then that leads into the midpoint or whatever um, and so I just thought it was kind of cool like that's another to me like a, a mirror image thing where it's like uh, Marty's immaturity you know and and lack of I mean, just checking with Doc or whatever, and it causes this, you know, the overload of power. They they kind of mention that, and they and then and they say it again using those same words there toward the end. That that's also it comes back around again, uh, but this time it solves the problem instead of. You Is know, this thing more. nuclear? No, yeah. no, no. This thing's electrical. <laughs> Sheesh. I just need a catalyst. Yeah. yeah. One point. Yeah, so I don't know. I just I thought that that whole overload of power thing was was a part of it as well. So I'm just uh, kind of curious if what you guys think. I. I, I agree with everything except for the opener. I, I, I see the electric thing. I see the overload of power thing. Um, I just see that as feeding into his slacker, you know, screw up, you know, I save the cat moment thing. But, but uh, I, I, I agree with everything after that, you know, electricity is, is a, I guess a, a, a player. <laughs> all right all right i just think it's interesting that he saw that i don't I agree at all he's <laughs> trying to be nice i don't agree you know uh but i i did think it was funny though um when he's loading the uh, plutonium they they wear these hazard suits even the dog gets one yeah. um, but but then we we keep all of the plutonium inside this little uh you know this box that you would keep audio equipment in and you know there's 17 of them there, but we can just take off our stuff now. You know, <laughs> it's floating in water. It's all good. It's all good. So, all right. So, final image. This is the easy one. Dad, gum it. It's about time. I'm going to disagree with you on that. 
because everything was finally, day. you know, everything's opposite. Everything's paid off from the original, you know, the, the opener. I'm sure Paul has found some sort of uh, deep, uh, deep meaning between the the clock and the dog food pouring out and and the, <laughs> and the wheels turning the, in the, into little jets. The way Marty's mom's butt looked in those pants, you know, dog food <laughs> lumps. <laughs> I feel so pretentious right now. I I, <laughs> I enjoyed seeing a screen door on a on a on a modern structure. You know, I haven't seen a screen door since 1985. That was I the thing. What Paul what Paul finds and and Paul, tell me if I'm right. I'm just I'm going to try and kind of tap into my inner Paul here. <laughs> I think that Bill, Biff was getting. And if you'll if you'll bear with me, that Biff was getting dirty in the car before, and then now we see him. He's cleaning the car. Oh. I think that that's where that that's where we're gonna find. I don't the, think you're you know, wrong the there. Symbolism. There's things called callbacks and payoffs, and 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 that getting dirty, and now he's cleaning cars. Absolutely. Mm, see, so I, oh, I'm wiping a tear from my eye. My young Padawan. Well, the reason I didn't get the thing about the the exploding um, uh, speaker is because I couldn't. I, I'm not smart enough to understand what you're saying, and I had a thought in my head. And by the time I started talking, it was gone. And as the host of the show, I have to keep up a certain level of, of uh, you know, something. So Should that's what I did. It just happened again. 41 years old. What mm-hmm. do you want? But no, the final image is good. I liked it. He, he gets his truck. His parents are cool. His dad has a book. He, he repeats the, the little line there. Put your mind to it. You can do anything. Yep. And then they go and race. With uh, uh, the guy from the the band. Oh wait, that's the second one or the third one. <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> no. What was his Sting? It's no, Flea, no Flea. Yeah, Flea. Yeah. Is it Flea? Flea. Okay. It's Flea and Anthony Kiedis, isn't it? Isn't it both of them in there? It doesn't matter. It, anyway, moving on. Is it the same guy? <laughs> Different movie. Oh, okay. Uh, same band. Same band. <laughs> Max Headroom okay. was in the second one. Who are these people? <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, this show brought to you by Pepsi, Diet Pepsi specifically, and Pepsi Free. Just want to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> this movie brought to you by Pepsi, holding like cans it. exactly right. It, 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 I always thought that product placement was kind of a new thing. It is absolutely not. It's in the Goonies. It's in this one. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, one of my favorites is uh, in the beginning whenever the lady's talking about the clock tower and Marty and uh, Jennifer come up and they're standing next to the park bench that says Zales Diamonds and they they like he makes sure to put his hand like at a weird angle to where like you can still read the whole thing. So that's awesome. Crazy drunk drivers. Yeah. Oh, and that okay. I'm glad you said that, John, because uh, you gave me a segue, and now I don't have to sound pretentious. Um, so that <laughs> goes back to the beginning, <laughs> the beginning where we were talking about, like you know, the hobo on the clock and uh, and, and all that stuff. So I, I thought that was cool. Like right when he first comes back, like they start to begin to reintroduce that stuff. And one of the biggest things that I thought was cool about that right there is that in the beginning, all of Doc's inventions that we see don't work. And then when we, in the middle, whenever he meet or yeah, when Marty uh, comes and talks to him, he's like, oh, like James already said, you know, one of my, I did something that worked or I was successful. I can't remember the exact quote. And then here at the end, we actually see, yeah, like, you know, one of his inventions uh, is, or, 
or, or it, 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 it worked, but then what does he do? He drives like into something else, just like uh, whenever they were doing the test. And the uh, Libyans ran into the photo booth. Is that what you're no, 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 no. So when, whenever they're doing the test in Doc's house, remember how you said uh, he, he oh. goes into the oil cans? Okay. And it causes the, the fire. And so when Marty comes back, he crashes into the movie theater. And yeah, so, yeah, so I just thought it was pretty cool. Like they, they brought all of that, you know, from the beginning and the middle and, uh, you know, did I, it. I just like, like the first so. thing that he sees is something that didn't change at all. It's just the old man, the old hobo, the homeless yeah. guy. <laughs> He's destined to but be the, a hobo. But the movie theater, the old movie theater, the B, the whatever it was a, a an x-rated film theater in the old version and it's a church of god or church of christ or something that he crashes into uh at That's the end funny. there so oh, i didn't notice that that entire square i'm kind of addicted to that or just i'm a big fan of that whole scene i love it in the second movie um mm. i love it all the way throughout the way it plays into the clock tower the you know everything about it and the what what the what they become because in the future we see, you know, we see this big shark thing coming out. Shark still looks fake, you know. Well, it looked fake even then. So, <laughs> even for the time. Well, um, I would ask you some more questions, but that is our show for today. Back to the future. We beat the crap out of it and beat the crap out of James as well. I'm James, in case you didn't know. We did save the cat, though, didn't we? Yes, we did. This time we can uh, we can say that with authority that the cat was saved. Um, you know, Marty's a winner in a winter city with a winter home and he gets that four by four. So I just remember that was the awesomest part. And I will admit that the first time I ever watched this movie, I saw it after the second one. I saw part two in the theater. Um, wasn't allowed to see movies when night in 1985, my mom was like a <laughs> freak about it. I watched this movie for the first time in black and white with one eye after I had rented the VCR tape and plugged it into my stepdad's over the shoulder video camcorder. No way. <laughs> Are you I, serious? I am serious as a heart attack with one eye. In I, black and white. Black and white on a you know half inch screen that was magnified. That's how, oh that's how I saw goodness. Teen Wolf too. I kind of kind of got on a Michael W. Smith thing for a while there. <laughs> <laughs> See how that paid off? Imagine. See that right at the beginning? A little callback. Nice little callback there at the end. All right, guys. Um, next time, I'm very excited to say we're going to be doing Die Hard uh, with our special guest, author of Axe Cop, Bear Mageddon, and the head writer for the new VeggieTales in the House series coming soon to Netflix, Ethan Nicole. Woohoo! Looking yes. forward to that. And uh, so go and check out our website if you have not done that yet. It is at moviebeatdown.com. You can find out more about Save the Cat. You can email your comments and suggestions and stuff like that to moviebeatdown at gmail.com. Just put in there uh, Pauly Praise as a subject line. Our Twitter <laughs> is at moviebeatdown. And that is all. John, Pauly, Christian, thanks so much. And we'll see all of you guys next time right here on Movie Beat Down. I'm never speaking again on this show. <laughs> oh, please do. I love it so much. Visit NLCast.com for other great NLCast network shows. Of course. That was your bad guys close in? I, I'm suck at this.